Welcome, we're the Grounded Space Cadets. We can get low spacey, but our feet are firmly planted on the ground. Join us as we navigate all things spiritual, psychological, and astrological. Okay, space babies, suits on, all systems go. Hello, space babies. Welcome back, everybody. It has been a minute, but your space cadets are back. And we have such a fun episode for you all today. I'm so excited. Yes, we are both excited. We're going to be talking about spirituality and astrology today, specifically looking at Tina Turner's birth charts. Heck yes. And if you all remember, we did an episode in season one. We briefly, I wouldn't say briefly, it was a it was a hefty episode on mm-hmm. astrology. However, this was in our beginning phases. Our equipment wasn't the best. No, we there just was got a, brand new equi- there equipment was, at the time. We and did. We were testing it out. We were. We were testing it out. There was a, a lot of things going on in that episode. We had some popping on the noise, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it may have deterred some listeners from maybe listening to the entire yeah. episode because we did kind of see the uh, listening um, kind of go down on that one yeah. a little bit. Or perhaps our <laughs> audience is not really into astrology or maybe it's that that's the other thing too because which i understand but we're into it so we're going to talk about it we're going to talk about it and you know what in preparing for this episode you know um i just shared a video with Brittany that very much just correlates with how most if most people out there see astrology right in this very like pop culture kind of mentality um and all of a sudden, because of social media, we start hearing new terms, right? Like ascendant and yeah. and uh, moon signs and, and rising signs. And then, you know, um, it's conjunctions and squares. And, squares and, and retrogrades. That, and, and so people yeah. are on the outside looking in that don't really understand a lot of the mathematics, a lot of the kind of terminology. terminology. It just sounds like it's jargon. It is. It just sounds like jargon. Yeah. It sounds like just more stuff to kind of like you know, string people along. Yeah. You know? But there is a reason why we're seeing more astrology out there in the in pop culture and social media. I mean, it's having it's having a renaissance right now because of the digital era that we're I in. Agree. You know, like this is the first time ever that we can look at charts so quickly online and not mm-hmm. have to draw them. Mm-hmm. And the charts that we see online, the way they're depicted, I mean, that's the first time they've ever been depicted that way. Right. Like in the past, astrologers would not draw the ecliptic with the zodiacs, like right. a ruler around them. In fact, a lot of the times it wouldn't even be a circular chart that they would draw. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because of the accessibility mm-hmm. to all these different um, free software programs where you can easily pull up a birth chart when you just type in a few things um, like for instance Tina Turner's chart is on our Instagram mm-hmm. on our grid so you can refer to it throughout this episode just go to the grounded space cadets and you can see it there um, I pulled that chart from um, astro.com mm-hmm. and they have a lot of free things that you could do with charts or horoscopes there so there's just a lot more accessibility um, there's been like a revival in the actual um, academics yes and the history of astrology, um, mm-hmm. there, there was, I don't really know exactly when this happened, but a lot of um, old texts had been tra- found and translated mm-hmm. in the 1990s and the early aughts. So there's and a lot wasn't of for this a stuff long time, to um, Sorry to interrupt you there. Wasn't for a long time astrology just kept, you know, in this kind of side of the... Um, after Christ kind of area of these like 
cult, not occult, the occults where it's like yeah. it was only I mean, meant it, it for people with higher knowledge it, and higher understanding. Yeah, it definitely, um, it kind of went underground uh, with the rise of Christianity in the West, um, but it flourished in India. And so um, it's not just a Western phenomenon, right? right? It's it, most cultures around the world um, have some sort of astrology, astronomy combination mm-hmm. of like referring to the stars or Correct. looking up to the stars. I mean, this is this is what why I like astrology. Right, it is our connection to the stars. Our birth chart is like our celestial blueprint from the time we're born. Right. It's our connection to something greater than mm-hmm. us, and that's to me that's why a lot of people associate it with spirituality, right? Because it does connect us to this larger thing mm-hmm. than us, right? Exactly. I, as we were preparing for this episode, you know, I mentioned to me and astrology and spirituality the connection that I make to it. You know, we're not going to get too deep into the houses. We are going to explain a little bit of them, but there's so much resource out there that you all can find about houses and what they mean and exactly all of that and birth charts. Uh, What we want to get into right now is more of just the practicality and grounding more of the lessons in astrology in the here and now, grounding more of the lessons of how you can utilize your birth chart to better equip yourself through some of the challenges, right? We were saying how... For me, it's become this ability to better understand myself, but it also connects me, like you said, with the houses. You know, it's 12 houses, but because of the infinite amount of ways that it, that the planets can be placed in time as we're traveling through space and time, when we look at the physicality of it, when you are born, it is that unique thumbprint yeah right it is that you need no one blueprint no birth chart is the same they're all different because of that you have 12 houses 10 planetary bodies that we take into account in modern astrology those can be anywhere in this in space and time at any time so they show up differently in charts um and then the zodiacs Mm -hmm. are in a different place so Mm -hmm. um you have 12 combinations of houses 12 combinations of zodiacs and about 10 um, celestial bodies, not counting some of the asteroids. So um, just there's so, a lot of different permutations to it that. It is. And it's just mind-boggling, right? With Like I was mentioning, there's over 7 billion people on Earth right now alive. Okay. Who knows how many billions have been alive previous to us. And it's like every single person has had a unique mm-hmm. signature, a unique biological code, if you want to relate it to that, right? And that to me is just more of, let me understand my biological code. I want to understand more of what that code is. I want to understand what my imprint on this universe is. And it's not me living my life based on a depiction of someone's interpretation of Gemini. It's me understanding that Geminis have certain strengths. Gemini have certain weaknesses. And maybe there are certain periods of time throughout the year where my strengths can come into fruition and really help me and maybe there's times throughout the year that my my weaknesses are being heightened and maybe I need to focus on some of my strengths to overcome some of my weaknesses right and those strengths and weaknesses that you talk about how there's like a fluctuation that has a lot to do with what's currently which planets are currently transiting which zodiac sign of the ecliptic Um, none of this stuff is made up no so I think that's another misconception people think it's just like made up but Astrology is based off of astronomy. Mm-hmm. Um, most ancient astronomers up until even, you know, the 17th century, um, most of them were astronomers as well. Mm-hmm. Mathematics of astronomy. So you have, in every birth chart, you have four 
astronomical angles that are really important. The ascendant, which is just the eastern horizon. Mm-hmm. And then opposite of that is the descendant, which is the western horizon. And then you have the midheaven, which is the meridian mm-hmm. um, point or line in astronomy. And then you have the IC or the nadir the lowest point, which we can't see because it's below the horizon. Right. And so those are four very important points in the birth chart um, based off of astronomy. Right. And then, you know, the biggest question that people ask, I feel like, well, what makes us believe that a Gemini is those characteristics? What makes us believe that a Libra, a Sagittarius, where does this information of characteristics personality types archetypes where does this kind of come from you know and it's just like that's the biggest question most people have and where they're like well that's where most people just make this up as they go well i think a lot of that comes from um as you said offline like years thousands of years of observation of the planets and what happens um what correlates what seasons correlate with certain um planetary movement with um, the ecliptic and the zodiac. The zodiac is a real thing in the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, first century BC, when we start to see the use of whole sign houses, which is the house division that I like to use, um, that was used by the Greeks and the Romans. Right. And so they projected a lot of their mythology mm-hmm. onto the sky, right? We have Saturn, the planet, Saturn, um, the sun is really Zeus, mm-hmm. right? And so um, we have a lot of that those archetypes coming right. from the Mediterranean. Right. And then, you know, we can always also say like in psychotherapy and psychology, a lot of that comes from, you know, all of these hundreds of years of observation of human beings. Yeah. And they're, as humans, we really like to see ourselves in things. Right. Right. Absolutely. Like we anthropomorphize like our pets. We anthropomorphize our gods, right? Right. So we we like to see ourselves reflected in the world around us, and I feel like that's very interesting because it kind of comes back to that need not just to understand and make meaning, but also our need to connect to the rest mm-hmm. of this huge world. Yeah. Because as we all know, we do feel like little tiny specks, especially when we start talking into planetary systems. And yeah. now in this day and age, that we have the capabilities to see even beyond our solar system, mm-hmm. we are really, really microscopic (laughs) when it comes down to things you know significant but we are a part of it exactly however with astrology i feel that reconnection to the grant like we said in the beginning of the episode to the grand scheme of things Mm -hmm. yes we're so different yes we're so unique but at the end of the day we come from this original energy and it just has been dispersed in a certain way and it's like this connection back to oneness and that's where the spirituality for me comes from with astrology is that deeper sense of connection that deeper sense of knowing i'm not alone and that deeper sense of just this is just transcendent beyond my human biological existence and that for me is just very there's just so much we don't understand right and Mm -hmm. kind of even going back a little bit into our buddhism episodes let's not focus on that stuff that creates the unknown and the suffering let's just focus on what we do know what we do know is we have a very wonderful evolution of knowledge over the vast thousands of years of people studying astrology and astronomy 
So I think this is a great time to kind of dive into just a little bit of touching into the houses and where we're going to kind of dive into and then start connecting and adding and talking about Tina Turner's birth chart because I think it's very interesting, you know, seeing how she lived out her life and then you're like, but astrology isn't real. Well, let's look at her birth chart. And you look at her birth chart, you're like, oh, it's very, like, correlated. Yeah, and that's, I'm glad you brought up that word um, because a lot of people don't like astrology the way it's used or the way it's talked about. A lot of times people use it in a way of um, causation. Like, right. oh, the sun causes me to do this. Or because I'm a Gemini, mm -hmm. I act this way, right? right? Like, it's, it's more of a correlation and a reflection of, like, the energy, the planetary energies, just the atmosphere of, like, what's happening in the moment of when you're born. And as we track the transits, like, daily transits and horoscopes, um, we can kind of see what might be, what are the themes that are influencing right. our day-to-day -day lives. And that's how I like to look at the birth chart. Like, what are the core themes of your your imprint, your, your celestial imprint? And the birth chart, as you age, it, it evolves as well. Mm -hmm. So typically, we start off with astrology. We just look at the stagnant shot of what's happening in the sky at the time of your birth. Right. But over time, that's evolving. That changes. Mm -hmm. Over time, you constantly have planets, the sun, the stars transiting around mm -hmm. your chart. So that's going to create different themes as we progress through our, and it's our lives. evolution, basically. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And I think this is a great point two to just bring up our big three you know we hear oh, yeah. big three a lot so what are typically when we say big three you know in astrology in the zodiacs person you know to start people just know their zodiac their, sign their sun, their sun sign, sign yeah. which is correlated to your sun sign so that's basically where the sun was in correlation in to the, the sky, sky in the yeah. moment that you were born so me personally my sun sign is a gemini mm -hmm. and yeah i could use a lot of of Gemini's weaknesses to excuse a lot of my behavior. <laughs> However, I have learned to learn about myself and because of my Gemini weaknesses, Gemini also has a lot of strengths. And so yeah. I get to complement a lot of those weaknesses with the strengths. But then for me, what was mind boggling and eye opening and then made a deeper connection to spirituality was when I discovered the fact that we're not just one sign. No. We are dominated by all planetary systems, first of all. That's where our birth chart comes from. And second of all, we have three major ones that really have a lot of archetypal... Is that even a word? Archetypal, yeah. Archetypal type of um, themes in us, right? So yeah. for the... My that's son what's is exciting about looking at the birth chart, at your birth chart. You have all zodiac signs present in your chart, right? Because right? you're born here on this planet. So mm -hmm. you have um, the full range. So Marcella is not just a Gemini sun, right? right? She also has Sagittarius somewhere in mm -hmm. there. And, and so what happens when you have a birth chart, um, planets populate different houses and zodiacs. And so some houses or zodiacs might not have any planets, but that doesn't mean that um, that part of your chart you. is, is not active. Like there's going to be transiting planets. It's just different energy, right? It's different energy. It might not be as loud or it might not be as noticeable, but mm -hmm. we all, um, I mean, think of the birth chart as like a holistic human. Like it, it's made up of parts mm -hmm. and, um, and it's constantly moving and all the parts serve the whole. So, right. Um, yeah, so you're a Gemini sun. What's your moon sign? My moon sign is a Cancer. So once I discovered my Cancer sign, my moon sign was a Cancer. I was like, now that makes sense. You know, yeah. for a long time, I did not identify with a lot of parts. I've said this before of Gemini. 
But when I started reading about what moon signs were and how they correlate with our inner world and our emotional world, yeah. I was like, I am very much a cancer. I, I Kids and animals flock to me. I'm very nurturing. Mm-hmm. I very much am, give me some quiet time, some alone time, and a, a very soft blanket and mm-hmm. I'm at my happiest at home you know and that's how I'm gonna deal with conflict that's how I'm gonna deal with a lot of those things I in the past would have said I'm shutting down no I'm not I'm just nurturing the yeah. side that needs that in order to recover in order to come back to balance mm-hmm. I've learned that if I can nurture my moon sign it allows my energy body to come back to balance a whole lot faster right and then I learned about our ascendant sign. I'm a Libra rising, mm-hmm. you know, and then it explained a lot of where my inner conflict came from when I saw injustices. I, it, it explained a lot of my choices and career. It explained mm-hmm. a lot of those things that maybe a Gemini or a Cancer didn't explain. And so once I started looking at those aspects of myself, I understood why maybe I had made certain decisions in my life to gear me in that direction because that's where my energy wants to gravitate towards, right? Gravity is very powerful. We think we understand it. I don't think we understand it, Mm -hmm. but it's like my energy gravitates towards those areas. I'm like, that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. I have a deeper understanding of self. However, I am not living my life as if and making it up because I'm a Gemini and a Cancer moon. And that's because, because, because. No, it's more of, okay, I understand that as a Cancer, I need this. But sometimes I can't have that Yeah, 100% of the time, right? If I'm in full-on conflict, which currently there's some conflict going around surrounding me, I can't just be at home and shut down and no. be in my my little bubble I still have to go to work and work 10 12 hours a day I still have to talk to customers I still have relationships to take care of right I'm still having to take my dog out for a walk so how do I continue doing those things well I'm going to reach into my 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 strengths Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of strengths because of my Gemini there's a lot of strengths because of my Libra rising Mm -hmm. that maybe right now my Cancer moon isn't helping so much Mm -hmm. I need to nurture that side behind closed doors but right now I need my Libra and my Gemini to step up. Yeah. You know? And so before we go any further, like our sun sign is the sign that most people are aware of. That is the sign of our identity of how we want to show up in the world or how we want to shine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that is constantly evolving. It's um, similar to our ascendant or rising sign, um, except that our rising sign, that is the initiating degree of our first house Mm -hmm. and so it's really core the rising sign is core to who we are on the inside our personality which also evolves but it's more of like I want to say more of a constant our Mm -hmm. rising sign is just like more of a constant of who we are because of the fact that it it starts our first house the first house is associated with the self with the body with being embodied and so our rising signs i think are actually a little bit more important than the sun Mm -hmm. sign it's just easier you don't you can't figure out what your rising sign is if you don't know your birth right so it's easier to capture a wider audience Mm -hmm. just going off of the sun signs because it's easy for anybody to place because it's based on days well it's based off the month Right. right And so, um, but the rising sign tells you a little bit more about who you are at your core. And how you show up. Right. And then the moon sign, the moon sign is more representative of um, how we tend to, like, process our emotions. So what some people say, like, the emotional body. Um, And so you kind of 
need all those three things to make up who you are as a person, mm-hmm. right? So I like to think of like the sun, even though the sun is not associated with the mind, mm-hmm. that's more Mercury. Mercury that is the planet of like communication, of um, uh, thinking, processing information. Um, and that's more intellectual. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, though: like Mercury is never far from the sun. Mm-hmm. It's always mm-hmm. a few degrees. The furthest it ever gets away from the sun is about 28 degrees. And so close. it's very like the sun and Mercury together. That's it's a very the sun is more intellectual. Mm-hmm. Um, however, that could change depending on where your sun is in your chart. If your mm-hmm. sun is in a Earth sign like Taurus or something like that, you're probably going to be more embodied. Um, your strengths will be more um, sensory based mm-hmm. instead of intellectual. But uh, you know, like I said, we have all these things in our chart. So at some point in time, we're all these things, right? Right? Like, right? We have weaknesses and strengths, but those can shift over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just think the sun, even though it's not associated with the mind. To me, it is because of Mercury being so close, and it's how we identify ourselves, how we form our identity, is really an intellectual process. It is. Of, like, learning, growing up, and, yeah. And so I feel like it's more intellectual because of Mercury always being so close, and then the moon is definitely more of, like, you know, that feeling of emotions inside um oftentimes you know depending on our lived experiences or even what happens in our chart like we have a hard time um communicating our feelings or even making sense of them right right so but it's so interesting too that because our emotional body is so tied to the moon it is why we fluctuate so much throughout the month and that's not just women not just women men as well but i think that's why a lot of women really um, are attracted to astrology because our lives are so cyclical in a, in very, a very 28-day very cycle. Obvious <laughs> very <similar>. way <laughs> that we just, we connect with it so right. much easier, I think, than um, maybe men do. Right. I agree with that. Although yeah. there are a lot of male astrologers out there doing cool stuff, so... Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's cyclical. So, so now, like, I presented my big three. When did you find out about your big three? Um, a couple years ago, I mean, I always knew I was a Sagittarius sun, but you know, I would, I would read horoscopes about Sagittarius and I was like, that doesn't feel right. And then once I found out about, you know, all the planets in my top three, I was like, oh, okay, that's because I'm made up of all these other things mm-hmm. as well. But the sun isn't always the most important thing in your chart. Right. So I'm a Sag sun. Um, my moon is Aries. So I'm an Aries moon. Um, that tends to mean, like, I get heated, hot really quick. Um, it's funny, all the Aries moons and your that emotional I know, body too, right? we are hot people. Like, we sweat easily. We get, when we get activated, um, we produce a lot of heat. My boyfriend is an Aries moon, yeah. and he's very much like that. Yeah. And then my rising is Aqu- yeah, Aquarius, mm-hmm. um, which I had the hardest time, like, trying to figure that out for so long, and then one day it just clicked. For me, Aquarius is the sign of um, non-convention, being unconventional. And mm-hmm. I kind of live my life like that. Mm-hmm. And kind Very of much. like living by my own standards and my own ethics. It's also like the sign of like groups mm-hmm. and like kind of doing things for the group, but also being on the outside of the group. Mm-hmm. And so um, I see a lot of myself in that. Um, but yeah, if you don't know what your top three are, just 
go to astro.com and, and put your information. And, yep. You just need the and, where you were born. Yeah. The time you were and born is very important. Yeah. If you don't have the time of where you're born, it's not really going to um, – it's not doom or gloom. Like, you right. will still get where the planets are within the zodiac. So it gives you a, a, a vague idea. you won't idea. really know your houses. Right. Yeah. Which the houses, I feel like, once you really understand the theme and the archetypes of each house and how maybe each planetary system can can influence those, those it gives you a deeper understanding, but it doesn't, it doesn't, like you said, it's not going to really be gloom and doom if you don't really have that. Because even if you can know which planetaries are transiting, right? You may not have the house, but at least you can kind of see maybe certain themes are going to be yeah, heightened for are, you, right? The energies that are or themes are going to be um, present for me during that time. Yeah, the houses—they're um, kind of like I like to think of them as realms. Like, mm-hmm. where is this happening? In my life, what's the setting? Yes. So the first- and if you've ever seen a birth chart, sorry to interrupt you, it's, it looks like a pie, right? Like yeah. a pizza. It's like a, the, the, the new age one, the way it's drawn. It's, it's a circular and then it's, it's, it's delineated mm-hmm. by pie. It's like a pie chart, basically. Yeah. And that's how once they determine the, math, the mathematics behind it, which fortunate for us, we have AI to do that for us now. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we don't have old school. <clears throat> what happened to my voice? <clears throat> we don't have these old school astrologers, which they do exist. They mm-hmm. still do know how to draw birth charts, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, some of these have turned them into beautiful works of art. Well, I mean, this is just simply software, not even AI, but right. yeah, like regular software can do it now. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's this whole like notion that you're not really an astrologer if you don't know how to derive the birth chart. And and so I guess I'm not really an astrologer, so. <laughs> But that's okay. This is just hobby. It's fun. I like it. It's fun, yes. Um, so let's get into the houses. Okay, just the houses. Just briefly explain so, them. We won't get too much into it. The first house is associated with the planet Mars. So the ruler of the first house is the planet Mars, and it's associated with the sign of Aries. And so this is the house that's also associated with springtime. After the spring um, equinox, we have Aries season. Mm-hmm. And that kicks off like the astrological year. So Aries, Mars, first house, all of these things um, kind of symbolize the self. Since it's like the moment of where you're born, your first house starts, it is so um, insular. It's just mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. You. Think of think of the birth chart as kind of like the hero's journey mm-hmm. of your life progressing. So the first house is like little baby you. There's no one else really. Um but that's a good question. That I just had a question in my mind. The, your baby is never alone, right? It's being mm-hmm. nurtured. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, as far as like the conception of self, it starts in the first house. Mm-hmm. And then there's the second house, which is ruled by Venus, and it's associated with Taurus. That's where we find themes of um, what makes us feel secure, so security, where our values lie. A lot of people like to call this like the financial house because... Mm-hmm. We feel more secure with money. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where we um, also, like, where do we find our pleasures in life? You know, what do we enjoy? The things that we like. And then we have the third house, which is ruled by Mercury. And it's associated with Gemini. And this is the house of communication, thinking, learning. It's also associated with, like, siblings. So now we start to see, okay, we're moving away from just the self. And now the self is relating to others, right. right? And that's why it's associated with siblings because usually as a child, um, 
unless you're an only child. But typically, as a child, your first interactions with peers are your siblings. Mm-hmm. And then we move on to the fourth house, which is ruled by the moon and is associated with the sign of Cancer. And this is the house of home, family of origin stuff, your roots, um, pretty much where do you feel comfortable? Mm-hmm. Um, and how do you nurture yourself? The fifth house is ruled by the sun and it's associated with Leo. Um, this is the house of play, recreation, creativity, hobbies, all the joyous things. Mm-hmm. Um, the sixth house is ruled by Mercury and it's associated with Virgo. This is like everyday habits, um, the house of service. What do we do for others? Um, how do we live our daily lives? What do we do to take care of ourselves and others? Um, seventh house, this is the house now of the others, of like the non-familial relationships. So like everybody else. Everybody else. Yeah. Friends, Friendships, coworkers. Not, not too deep or intimate relationships. They can start here, but mm-hmm. we tend to see that more in the eighth house. Okay. So this... The seventh house is ruled by Venus, again, makes sense, right? Relationships, and it's associated with the sign of Libra. Then we have the eighth house, which is often referred to um, historically as like the death house. Um, or transformation, right? Or transformation, yeah. as human beings, we go through many deaths, and we just oh, yeah, we need yeah. to learn and adapt. And that's why to it's modern concept. ruler is Pluto, but traditionally it's ruled by Mars, and it's associated with the sign of Scorpio. It's really about the house of, like, union. So, like, coming together, getting married, um, pulling resources together. So a lot of people actually refer to this as, like, the death and taxes mm. um, house. Um, but it's also, like, deeper intimacy and things like that, which we can, we can relate to transformation. You know, yes. when... The more transformation you go through, the deeper of a connection you have to yourself and Mm -hmm. others. And then we have the ninth house, which is ruled by Jupiter and is associated with Sagittarius. This is the house of, like, higher learning. It tends to be the house of, like, dogma and religion and philosophy and um, also, like, culture and being Mm -hmm. interested in other cultures outside of your own. Then we have the 10th house, which is ruled by Saturn, and it's associated with Capricorn. This is where where our achievement is, our authority, our recognition. It tends to be um, the house where we see the midheaven, which is the meridian line in astronomy. It's like the highest peak Mm -hmm. in the birth chart. And so it's our house of like where we're most seen um, by the public. Then we have our 11th house, which is ruled by uh, Saturn and Uranus. And it's associated with the sign of Aquarius. This is groups, networks, community, friends, um, other people. And then the 12th house is the house of our subconscious or non-conscious, which is ruled by Jupiter and Neptune. And it's the sign of Pisces. This is also kind of like the house um, where like uh, like unseen things happen, the hidden things that are like deep down in our subconscious, even our like covert enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also that house though that is ruled by Neptune and Jupiter, so compassion, all the good stuff is there too, but also of like blurred boundaries and things like that as well. That's so, I I love just going back through that because as you were reading that, I was looking at my birth chart Mm -hmm. and just kind of, you know, making little points of, as you were saying that, like my ascendant is Libra. Yeah. (laughs) It's who I am, very much so. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, the fifth house, which is the house of, you know, creativity and play. Mine is an Aquarius, mm-hmm. and it's ruled by Saturn. 
Mm-hmm. I have Saturn placed there. Not ruled by it, but it's, I have Saturn placed there. No, Aquarius is ruled by Saturn. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I have it, right? That's it's a traditional ruler, that's, yeah. That's mine. And that's then, Jupiter. Oh, Jupiter, my bad. Sorry. So it, it has been very expansive for me. Mm-hmm. My play has been very expansive for me in the in the area of who yeah. I am now in, in my adult life. So that's yeah. been Jupiter very interesting. Jupiter does rule expansion and kind of like blowing things up, making them bigger. And then the 10th house of achievements, authority, and recognition, that's where my sun sign is of Gemini. Mm-hmm. But I also have Mercury and Venus yeah. in, in that house. So, And I can see that with your career. I mean, you are self-made. Mm-hmm. You really, really are. Like, you... I mean, you did go to college, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. You didn't complete it. You got your yeah. associates, though. I got my associates, and I did my first year of yeah. architecture school. That was it. Yeah. I didn't finish my architecture degree. And But you've totally made yourself mm-hmm. on your own. And, I mean, that Venus is the planet of value, so you value that that um, achievement mm-hmm. for yourself, mm-hmm. right, to, like, really do it for yourself. And it's been with an area that I get to wear different hats. Yeah. Which is what Gemini thrives in, yeah. being able to do different things. Different things, because you get bored easily. I do get bored very easily. Yeah. That is unfor- That is a weakness of my Gemini, so I've learned to feed it where I've been very fortunate now, and I know I'm very grateful and very blessed to have the opportunity that I am now to be able to work in a career path that allows me to feed all the different hats yeah. that my Gemini likes to wear. Yeah. And I get to go to the same place to work, but it feels different every day, which yeah. is beautiful, right? And so... I feel very seen and I feel very alive when I'm doing that, which is why, you know, it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. Even though I work 10, 12 hour days sometimes, it doesn't feel like work sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So as you were going through the houses, I was like just a quick little, you know, reminder of like, man, if astrology isn't real, <laughs> which is coined by a different astrologer. Her name yeah. is Maddie Murphy. Murphy that yeah. is her, her, um, uh, her thing her thing to say is if astrology isn't real you yeah. know <laughs> there's a lot of correlations here i mean i even i ask myself all the time if i'm if it's confirmation or what is that confirmation bias yeah confirmation, confirmation bias. bias i'm like this mm-hmm. is just confirmation bias but hey it's fun we're meaning makers right <laughs> we, I, and, and that's the beautiful part about what you it's and i fun. do is let's come back to the fact that we are meeting makers we yeah. we like that conf- we we are about that whole confirmation bias so let's keep that in the back of our minds as well yeah. and not be too just don't don't take it too seriously exactly. people just have fun with it it's really Thank cool you. i mean it's like it all is this very cool symbolic archetypal stuff that's been written over 2000 years like and it's written in the stars mm-hmm. and we created it i just think it's fun it's fun okay, so, over the thousands of years we've realized that there's two houses that are associated with a lot of our spirituality and yeah, philosophy traditionally, right traditionally it's the eighth house so the house that's uh, traditionally ruled by mars and pluto and it's associated with scorpio the death and taxes union intimacy transformation that house is typically um where you kind of want to look for maybe hints at like your spirituality same with the 12th house Mm -hmm. um but i actually find based off of our criteria that the first house the second house the sixth house too like the sixth house like your daily habits Mm -hmm. your service to others like Mm -hmm. that could be a very spiritual spiritual house i agree um your ninth house which is ruled by sagittarius higher learning uh, i'm sorry it's associated with sagittarius and ruled by jupiter like religion is nestled in there and so a lot of us you know our our spirituality is more or less informed by some religion right Mm -hmm. at some point Mm -hmm. we we um we were indoctrinated maybe into religion and stepped outside of it and maybe took what we wanted and left the rest. So 
Um, I think, oh, and philosophy too. Like mm-hmm. a lot of our spirituality is informed by a certain philosophy as right. well. So I think ninth house, you know, look at your ninth house, see what's going on there maybe. And then the 11th house, um, groups, networks, and community, it's ruled by Saturn, traditionally modern rulers, Uranus. Um, I don't know if a lot of astrologers would associate this with spirituality, but I, I don't think spirituality is true spirituality when it's just done on your own. Right. You know, I really do think like... You need group community community yeah and so that's the 11th house is community so looking at tina turner's chart so if you're able to i recommend go to the grounded space cadets instagram page we have her birth chart there on our grid Mm -hmm. um if we look at our first house where there's the ac which stands for ascended that's her rising sign and it's in leo and Leo is the house of performance, mm-hmm. right? So we see right Show. away, deep down, Tina Turner is a performer. She was meant to perform. She was meant to be in the limelight in one way or another. If you're a Leo rising, you're going to be either center stage or mm-hmm. you like to be the center of you attention. You the center of attention You on. do. Yes. So yeah. if you maybe are a Leo rising and you haven't fed that side of yourself, maybe that's why you're kind of down in the dumps. You know what I mean? Maybe find yeah. some sort of outlet. Maybe start an Instagram. Instagram channel where it allows you to like sing or flurry. I don't know. Something that yeah. allows yourself to be seen. Like, like your artistic I, side. I saw a play this past weekend. It was so good. I mean, look to your local um, community or uh, theater. Community yeah, community theater. theater right? Mm-hmm. Like see if there's something you can get involved with that because that might maybe really they, open some doors for you. Yeah, like, maybe that's the calling you missed 20 yeah. years ago. I kind of want to do it. It's really fun. <laughs> it looks like so much Let's fun. Let's do it together. It's really cool. My you have never seen a play in person? Like, go see one. It's the really, it's a really neat experience. Anyways, um, so her ascendant, her rising sign is Leo. Um, and then she has Pluto, the the planet of transformation there in her first house. So um, she went she, through she so went much through transformation. So, yeah. She went through so many symbolic deaths in her life. She even attempted suicide when her marriage to Ike Turner was just unbearable and she survived it. Um, in one of her, one of the documentaries, Tina Turner, Simply the Best, you can find it on Amazon. The way she talks about these really hard things in her life, she's just like, it is what it is. And I moved on, you know, and she's, when it came to her um, attempt at suicide, she um, downed a, po- a bottle of Xanax and she was ready to go. And then she was surprised when she woke up and she said, well, it just wasn't my time. Mm-hmm. And it, she didn't dwell on it. What she a perspective. You know, eventually was able to leave Ike Turner Mm -hmm. and like build herself back up and make her life her own but she went through a lot of transformation throughout her life um and a lot of like symbolic deaths like that's kind of like you know her soul's purpose on this planet and so um we see that in the chart also like that Leo rising she um she wanted to sing for Ike Turner's band, but at the time, they it wasn't known for women to sing with right. the band. Mm-hmm. Read sexism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so she just grabbed the mic and got on stage and, and started singing. Like, I'm going to do this. And then he was like, oh, okay, yeah, you can sing with us. Mm-hmm. And that's like a very, uh, to me, that's something, that's very Leo. the energy of Leo, yeah. right? Like, take charge. I'm going to take charge. I'm going to be out there. Yes. You know, like, nobody's going to tell me no. Um, and this, you know, she was born in 1939, and when she um, met Ike Turner, it was the late 1950s. So for a woman, it was not the best to time. just like <laughs> take the mic. Yeah, I don't want to say, you know, she she had a pair of balls. She had a 
pair of like strong ovaries and yes, was like I'm getting up there and uh-huh. I'm gonna throw my ovaries around uh, yeah she did and she did <laughs> she did yeah so that's that. really really cool um and then her sun sign it's in Sagittarius in her fifth house and it's directly opposite her moon sign mm-hmm. in Gemini so that means that she was born around a full moon mm-hmm. which is really really cool and so um that sun sign in Sagittarius I mean, she she ended up moving out of um, the United States. She moved to Switzerland mm-hmm. um, in the 90s. And so, I mean, that makes sense to me. Like, the Sagittarius is the adventurer wanting to go to different cultures, experience different cultures. So that makes sense. And then across from her sun is her moon, like I said, in Gemini. Um, what's really interesting about... In her 11th house. Yeah, in her 11th house, right? And so, so Gemini in her 11th house, as you guys know, the 11th house is groups, networks, community, that her internal world was not solo world. No, it was not. No. She could not be by herself. No. Mm-mm. No, and the, the man that she ended up marrying in 2013, um, she met him, I think he, I don't know, I think he was German. But um, she met him in the 80s, and they were together for 23 years before they got married. Um, And that's why she ended up moving to Europe, was to be with him. But, you know, after she passed away last month, um, I read a few articles on her, and her neighbors were like, she was always, like, out and about. Mm -hmm. She was friendly. She smiled. She loved everybody. Versus my moon is in cancer that likes to be alone, that likes to be indoors, that likes to be a homebody. Right. You know, very, very different. Right. Right, and so the thing is, what's interesting about this opposition with the sun and moon opposing each other, it's actually forming a T-square to Mars. Mm-hmm. So Mars is in Pisces in her eighth house, the house of spirituality. And she has Venus in there, too. Is that Venus? No, that's um, Jupiter. I need to zoom in. Yeah. There we go. And so um, it's forming this T-square. So that means like Mars, the planet of action and movement and the self, Mm -hmm. um, is always pulling on that opposition of the sun and moon. And so square aspects, I mean, we didn't even talk about what an aspect is. So That's a whole other... I'm probably I probably already lost some of our listeners. Well, what I was going to mention too, you know, each episode today we highlighted a lot of the big three. We wanted to really yeah. explain the big three because it's what we hear a lot in the second episode of part two. Maybe we'll explain a little bit more. Well, speaking of like um, spirituality, like mm-hmm. the the houses that we talk about with spirituality are the ones that I previous previously listed. So typically eight and twelve, but mm-hmm. we think one, two, six, eight. Maybe 9, mm-hmm. 11, and 12 are associated with that. Planets that are associated with spirituality, um, I really think, you know, Neptune for mm-hmm. sure. Neptune looks like a trident. And mm-hmm. Neptune is in Tina's second house in Virgo. And it's opposite Jupiter in Pisces. Mm-hmm. And so Neptune is the modern ruler of Pisces. And it's in her house of security and values. Mm-hmm. And so her spirituality for her is very much grounded in like everyday habits and practicing every day, which makes sense why she was attracted to Buddhism and practiced that on a regular basis. And that's what's... Well, no wonder she was like, it's not my time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So her Buddhism. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes from her is when she was talking about um, the illnesses that she's encountered in the last decade, decade of her life. She says with a smile and acceptance, I'm going into my sick period, but it's okay. I'll live for a long time. 
And then she says, in Buddhism, you accept life and the death, right? Mm -hmm. Like she, you could just tell, like, she was completely um, accepting of it. I don't want to say surrender, but like just accepting Mm -hmm. of what it is, which is a very Buddhist ideal, right? Right. And then she says, the interviewer asked her, um, I couldn't quite pick out what the interviewer was saying. I don't know if he said, if you could come back, how would you come back? Or if you had another comeback, Mm. what would you do? And she said, "Um, I want to come back as a teacher, a spiritual teacher to help people live. I love that. And so her life, um, you could see from beginning to end how much spirituality transformed who she was in her life and in her later life. And I like how she said, um, you know, I'm happier than I ever thought life would become for me. So that means most of my life's hardships came while I was young, growing up. So in my old age, my happiness came. I love that. And I think a lot of that was a choice, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, she chose that path for her, but it's also written here in her in her birth chart. It we is. can see that with, especially her rising sign is just so strong with Pluto there. I mean, when you have Pluto in the rising sign, it could bring a lot of challenges, mm-hmm. like a lot of challenging experiences, because if you're not ready to take on those hard things, um, it, you might feel like you're running up against a wall or hitting a wall all the mm-hmm. time, but she made something of it every time. Well, and I just find it interesting in her fifth house, right? Her fifth house that she has. With her sun sign. Mm-hmm. But does, isn't that Venus right there too? So 24 Venus, degrees? Yeah, that's Venus at 24 degrees. So, you know, her fifth house, again, being where her sun sign is of uh, creativity and play, you know, she very much leaned into that mm-hmm. a lot. But I feel like she leaned into it because that's where her energy gravitated her towards, right? Mm-hmm. The limelight, the... Isn't Venus also associated, yes, values and all of that good stuff, but it's also associated with aesthetics. Yeah. And it's associated with beauty and it's yeah. associated with love and it's associated mm-hmm. with that type of yeah. right values. And so we see it depicted in her lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and it's very Leo about her. I mean, look at her yeah. hair. Exactly. Look at her That's famous kind of like- dress. Dresses. That's one of the funny correlations with astrology and, like, personality. Like, people who have, like, strong Leo um, energy in their chart, meaning they have, like, a lot of planets in the sign of Leo, or they have a... They're very extravagant. A rising sign in Leo, just like Tina. Like, you could see it in their actual aesthetic. And, like, mm-hmm. they have big hair. A lot of times they like to do cat eyes. It's just kind of interesting how... It is, because then you, you look at where Cancer is, right? Where mm-hmm. Cancer is... She's got Chiron, and it's in her 12th house. Mm-hmm. I mean, is not Cancer normally associated with your internal world? Yeah, and Cancer is also the... It's ruled by the moon, and so it is, like, more of a maternal sign. Um, the moon is often associated with, like, mother energy. Mm-hmm. And Chiron is um, an asteroid, but Chiron in um, mythology is the wounded healer. The healer who um, could heal everyone else, but he couldn't heal himself. So what that shows up as in our chart is like that wound that we will always have with us Mm -hmm. and we can like learn to work with it and um, grow from it, but we'll never really get rid of it. And it's obviously more of a psychological wound than anything else. And so, well, I feel like that played a lot into her Buddhism philosophy. Also, I mean, it's kind of quite literal. Her it mother, is. her mother left her family when she was 11 years old. Mm-hmm. And so it, in her, um, autobiography, she said that, um, it felt like 
her mother had no love for her. But in reality, her mother was leaving a terrible and situation. And cancer is associated to the mother. Yeah, and so she, I think she carried that mother wound, wound with her. Oh, entirely. Her whole life. Yeah. And where we really see Tina Turner's spirituality highlighted in her chart is in her eighth house. Yeah, she has um, Pisces in her eighth house, and she also has Jupiter there at 28 degrees, and Jupiter is the traditional ruler of Pisces. And so Jupiter brings that expansive energy to her eighth house and to um, that Pisces energy, and it's also opposite Neptune in Virgo in the second house. So there's an opposition between... Um, the co-rulers of Pisces here. So there's that connection. And oppositions are considered hard, quote-unquote hard um, aspects. The, you see the red line. That means they really influence a lot, right? It could, it, so it could be challenging, but it doesn't always have to indicate challenge. Like, to me, this feels like it's more of, like, think about, like, the full moon. Like, mm. they're really, um, they're, they're polarizing each other, but they're complementary in a right. way that they're co-rulers. And so it makes sense that she would find spirituality in the eighth house, like later on in her life when she settles down and she retires and she remarries and she moves and to Switzerland. And how beautiful she connected with Buddhism where they're very much into just accepting death. Yes. And that's a big highlight of the eighth house. Yes, exactly. And, I mean, the planet of death is in her first house, mm-hmm. right? So she has befriended it. Mm-hmm. And so because of time, we are going to we are gonna cut it here. But if you are interested in having your birth chart read on our next episode, um, that we would, would be exciting. We would love that. If yes, you want to see would. where the spirituality resides in your chart, um, contact us, uh, message us um, at Instagram. You can email us at um, groundedspacecadets at gmail.com. You can go to our website and contact us there. We will leave all that information in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm also doing birth chart readings. So if you're interested in that, you know how to find us from those links that we will give you. And we want to thank you guys for hanging in there with us today. We know this is a lot of, maybe for you, a lot of new concepts, a lot of new information. We hope that you found something new that can maybe encourage you to go seek out some new knowledge about yourself about your astrology and like i said if you're not ready to maybe sit down with an astrologer just yet hop on to astro.com if you know your birth time and even if you don't just start looking at your birth chart maybe start looking at some of those concepts and you're maybe you're gonna i keep saying maybe a lot you're possibly Mm -hmm. going to find a lot of deeper connections with your inner self that were just kind of there and for me it's always just a beautiful reminder it's like my little therapist yeah yeah, right yeah. like astrology it, has become my little therapist and I kind of coach myself throughout the day and I'm like if I were to go to the therapist isn't this what they would tell me I think so you not know necessarily but maybe exactly <laughs> I know I don't know that I'm not a trained professional but I'm yeah. like I feel like I am allowed to come back to center and it gives me a better understanding and it does kind of empower me a little bit more and when I feel more empowered I can take on the world yeah. just I, a little bit better agreed. and it's, it's a lot of fun and if you'd like to learn there's so much about astrology than more than what you see in pop culture like yes. it's it's really fascinating and it does connect you to some ancient practices of astronomy of like symbolism and it's i think it's really fun and so we're going to end with um the way we normally end it with a card pull from star seeds wisdom for spiritual growth by nari anastasia and let's see what it says today Transcendence. Transcendence. It says, transcend your mind's limitations and allow your soul's light to truly shine. Ooh. Woo! Isn't that like a Tima, Tina Turner, 
like themed astrology themed card yeah. and like if you all the way see around how to make your soul's light truly shine contact us and let's give you a birth chart reading let's do it let's do it space babies we want to thank you for listening in today we hope that you took away some helpful new information about astrology and that hopefully it inspired you to go seek out some new knowledge we want to invite you back for episode number two and we hope that one of you reaches out and we're able to read one of your charts if not we'll just uh, look at another celebrity yes we will because we know most of their lives because it's pretty public (laughs) until next time bye space babies bye space babies We loved having you on board this episode. Join us next time as we set course on all things spiritual, psychological, and astrological. Follow and rate us wherever you hear this transmission. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Grounded Space Cadets. Until next time, take care and be well, space babies.